I will say probably 30 to 40% have been in trouble with the law, have been on probation or parole. I mean, we have one house where people are not really capable of independent living per se. They have a lot of mental issues, <clears throat> but our house managers and our supervisors, they've learned how to deal with the guys and they can identify. I mean, that's the nice thing with Uncle Dave. You know, somebody wants to tell him how it is and he's like, I've been there. I've been to Brazil. Whatever you, you tell me, I've already done 10 times, so stop it right now. They always have a story why they can't pay their rent or da da da. And it's like, we've heard all the stories. We've seen all the stories. And it's, you know, and if they can't, we try and find them funding. And luckily, you know, we've helped a lot of people get funding that way. I've worked hard with the Department of Social Services and the Department of Mental Health and found funding that way. Christine here with another fun, exciting episode of the Co-Living Code Show on YouTube, on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And if you guys can write us a super quick review, we'd really appreciate it. And I want to give ISL Furnishings a quick shout out. They are a brand created through Inner Space Living, and they are all about creating exciting spaces where design meets function. Interspace parlayed its success in commercial grade unit furniture and conceived an elevated offering. And they believe strongly in the co-living industry, which is really cool. And they already work with some of the larger companies like Star City. ISL Furnishings was founded with the mission to bring your brand to life. Their goal is to revolutionize the unit furniture experience and they are driven by creativity. They believe that interiors should inspire brilliance. Every venue has its own voice. They exist to clarify that voice, interpret your brand vision, and deliver superior quality on time, every time, even during COVID. We actually interviewed the guys a while back, so you definitely want to check out that interview. Felicia and her husband David successfully operate six transitional homes in Los Angeles that provide safe, clean, affordable living for the homeless. They have over 20 years of experience in running group co-living homes for men. And they have such a great story. They actually both met at a Jewish Drug Rehabilitation Treatment Center in 2006. They now want to share their knowledge and experience from a recovery standpoint of how you can help your own community by providing different types of community co-living housing. And what's great is they've done all different types of co-living, including sober living homes, halfway house, um, homes for people right out of prison, senior housing. And Felicia and David started Uncle Dave's housing back in 2010, so about a little over 10 years now. So excited to bring both of them on today. So let's go ahead and launch into today's episode. Enjoy. Welcome our guests this week. We've got Felicia on and David. They're with Uncle Dave's Housing in Los Angeles. So welcome to the show this week. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Thank I'm excited so to be here. Yay, great. And we got two people on. I always love when yeah. we have two people on. It's fun. It's fun. So for those of you who have watched, um, we had Heidi from Haven on in Los Angeles. Her episode aired on Christmas Day for, I think, to uh, the last two years because it was such an amazing interview. It was amazing work that she's doing um, with transitional housing. And, the, and you guys are doing exactly something very similar in Los Angeles. So I would love for you to kind of go back in time. And Felicia, I'll have you start. Um, with how you got started in doing group housing and co-living communities in Los Angeles. Sure, I'd love to. Well, I'm a trained real estate lawyer and 
unfortunately, I had a little bit of a drug problem during law school. So I ended up at a Jewish treatment center, Beit Teshuva in Culver City. And after a few years sober, um, I kept, you know, going back and sponsoring girls and everything and was part of the 12-step program. And I met this man sitting next to me, the love of my life. And who knew that I would meet and fall in love with someone who's 20 years older, who's been married three times, four kids, and had just gotten out of prison. And as he likes to say, when he got out of prison, all he had was a shoebox and nowhere to go. And we fell in love and he moved in with me. And when I was working at a law firm, um, I had a client who basically none of her tenants were paying rent and she wanted to do an eviction. But as I got to talking with her, I realized that it wasn't just one or two tenants in the house. It was like 10 guys and some were paying and some weren't. And I was like, she really doesn't need legal advice. So I said to her, I'm gonna send you somebody. And I sent her my husband, David, to help her uh, go and collect all the rents and everything. And he learned about the group housing business there from this lady. And one day he came home to me and said, you know what, we do this, Felicia. Let's help people. You know, there's all these sober livings, um, people that get out of treatment center, people that get out of prison like myself, and they need a place to go. And I said, sure. So let me interrupt you for a second. So my, my side was I was a drug and alcohol counselor and I worked in detox at Tarzana Treatment Center for many years. And as people came through um, the residential program upon accident, they had no place to go. And that's what led, led us to uh, the, <coughs> excuse me, the Uncle Dave's and, and the sober living aspect. So there was, there was something before that that I saw a need and, and then we worked on that need. And we tried to, you know, buy a house to start our first Uncle Dave's housing. And we just didn't have the funds at the time. So we ended up uh, leasing an apartment building, a five unit apartment building that's across the street from the projects in Los Angeles. In the hood, in it's the hood. Really in the hood, right on the blue line of the Metro. People live in LA, they know what the blue line is. And we opened it up and we did it portion by portion. And we just got all types of people coming through our door and we had to learn the marketing and then we had to start working with a lot of the agencies in downtown on Skid Row and they would refer us people and they had some of the funding too to pay for people to come stay with us. And we filled up fast, faster than we thought. We saw the need. And before you knew it, we opened up a few more houses and a few more, and we even expanded into Pasadena and did some sober livings there. But we really didn't care for that. You know, our, our main format was transition, trend co-living, and um, you know, where people can get together and, and have maybe roommates and make friends and not live alone and socialize. And, and, and that's the key, one of the keys, keys right there. You know, we're housing 167 men right now um, and we love it, you know, it's, it's all about giving back. We have a total, right now we have a total of six houses or facilities with 167. And you know what, it gives these guys more than just housing. They feel like they have a family, a purpose. Um, they feel like they belong. All our house managers have come up through the ranks of Uncle Dave's housing. And for the first time in their life, 
I mean, because we don't pay them a lot. They don't get a lot for being a house manager and it can be a lot of work at times, but they have a sense of belonging and they're not alone in this world because whenever you just rent a regular apartment or have roommates, you don't have that sense of family or belonging or purpose even, which is so important to us. And, you know, back in Pasadena, we were, uh, we were run out of the city basically for NIMBY, not in my backyard laws, if you've heard of that. Um, the city prosecutor came after and put 200 misdemeanors against each, each of us, me and David. And we fought the city of Pasadena and basically it came down to one city municipal code that they have that no more than six people who are not blood related can live under the same roof. And we had a 10 bedroom house in Pasadena. So we couldn't even have one person in each room, let alone, you know. So we fought them and fought them and we wanted to, I mean, the law is basically unconstitutional in my opinion, as an attorney, you know, cause I practiced real estate law for many years. But it's hard to fight city halls. We went back down in South LA where, where it worked. Um, and here again, we opened up, a, they're, they're not houses, they're, they're duplexes and apartment buildings, they're huge places and um, gave people a home. And, and when people first come in, they're frightened. They don't know about co-living, you know, they, they, I have to live with a roommate. But after a week or two, they're friends, they go out, they cook together, um, they go marketing together, they actually become friends. And, and um, we've helped a lot of people. Um, you know, and, and look at a person, you know, an elderly person on Social Security making six or seven hundred dollars as a monthly income. They can't afford an apartment, but they can't afford Uncle Dave's. And that's one of our market targeting targets. I love that. And um, so let's talk about the people coming out of prison. So they just came out of they were living. They were living together in community. Right. Um, Absolutely. It's a little different, but yes. It's different, but still, they're they're around actual other and you you make friends, and and it's a it's the same association, you know. It's it's uh, people coming in, and and here again, I said as I said before, they're frightened at first, you know. They're they're looking around. I got to live with somebody else, you know. Where's my own room? They're all shared, and all they're all shared rooms. There's two people per room. That, that we have in our houses and um, they actually become friends. And, and here again, the fear factor is, is great at first and then they settle down and then, you know, they're in, in the living room and watching tea together and cooking together and- and, um, and when David talks to the people calling up on the phone wanting to move in, they're scared and they ask, you know, I'm gonna be in a room with someone I don't know. And David's like, we've been doing this for over 10 years. We haven't had any problems. We know how it works. And, you know, and he's just, they gotta go a little bit on faith and trust to do it. And, you know, I just see this as the way of the future, the way anybody can live, because I mean, with this eviction moratorium that's going on nationwide and in California, especially when it's lifted, and a landlord can evict their single family that's living in their house, people aren't gonna be able to afford a house by themselves because, and they're gonna get evicted. So they're gonna have to move in together. And you know, whether it's a bunch of seniors moving in together because they don't, they're older and they don't wanna be alone or people, you know, from any of the agencies that we work with, especially the probation officers, and parole officers and I, and I love that too because when they're they come in and they're on parole or probation 
they have to abide by our rules. They're humble. Uh, they're very <laughs> humble. You know, they do something wrong, they're going back to prison. So they're they're one of the easiest, you know, and they're really nice guys. Not always, because we've had we've seen like a knife fight, a couple knife fights, a gun going off at one of our properties. And in Pasadena, when we had the sober living, somebody did o OD. And, you know, it's just a real thing. I think also when somebody's living by themselves, they're lonely, they get into their own head, there's no accountability. But when they have a roommate or somebody to share the room with, there's some type of accountability and they're forced to go outside their bedroom where there's other people and socialize. And it's good for their emotional well-being too. And a lot of people don't realize that. And what I like is when the guys talk with each other and help each other and they cook together, they go shopping together at some of our houses. One guy will cook for the whole week and everybody will give him their food stamps and he'll go shopping with the food stamps. And it's just really nice. And the success stories we hear and how one guy will be in school and before you know it, three or four other guys in the house are in school too, just trying to improve their lives. And at Uncle Dave's, we're all about second chances because we do have the problems where somebody will drink or do drugs on the property or get into a fight. And instead of just throwing them out of the house for good, we tell them leave for three for 72 hours and come back. And if you test clean, or if you behave well, we'll let you back in. And Uncle Dave's just got the biggest heart where he's just, you know, it's all about second chances at Uncle Dave's housing. And it's just giving someone a second chance at a new life. Because most of the folks that come to us are low income. They've, you know, had it rough. They've messed up in life. They've or been on the streets. Um, or there are circumstances too, especially in this economy. A lot of times we're the last house on the block. And um, so they come in and, and most of the time they're humble and um, they just find a new way of living, a new way of life. And they really like it. And there's just such a need. I mean, we can only get so big, you know, so fast. So I want to take what we've learned working at Uncle Dave's Housing, everything from our documents, you know, when somebody comes in and the applications to dealing with the police when we have to kick somebody out and how we've had never had to do a lawful eviction through the courts in over 10 years, but yet we've kicked out hundreds of guys from our houses. And to how, you know, dealing with bed bugs, because the, the population we deal with brings in bed bugs. There's a lot of bed bugs with homeless and how we went through 20 grand just trying to abate them. And now we've got rid of them. And we wanted, I wanna teach people who have either a transitional house or a halfway house or are just struggling and want to open up a house and help people. So I just feel like we have a lot to give away, whether it's by coaching them or guiding them or doing an audit of their house and just help them become profitable so that they could help other people because there's only so many people at Uncle Dave's housing that we can help. Yeah, and what is your future? I was going to ask that. What's your future growth strategy? You know, you guys have a, a decent amount of people you're housing, you know, right now. Right now, right is, now I said we almost have 170 people and, you know, we have maintenance people and we have a supervisor and managers. Um, I think one more house and we're at our limit. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's looking towards more retirement. He wants yeah. to go on the Harley and go yeah. ride across country. 
Oh, with fun. The <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah. Um, as far as growth, I think one more house that'll do it because then it just becomes overwhelming. You know, it's just, and then it's just too many people and um, you can't keep track of them all. And, and when we were smaller, I knew everybody, I knew everybody's names and now I come in and. Um, you don't know as many of the guys that live I, there. And as I even to, though we say it's transitional, we do have guys that have been with us for the 10 years that they love it so much. They don't want to move. Oh, what's nice is they can they they think the grass is greener on the other side and they try somewhere else. And then they come and back to month, us. They can, they're, they're crawling back to us. The Please best compliment to yeah. us too, and that they want we've to come had, back to us. We've had the health department out saying that we're one of the cleanest transitional or co-living houses that they've seen, which was a very nice compliment. Mm. You know, we pride ourselves um, on everybody having a chore. Um, and keeping that house spotless. Yeah, because our to. mission is based at Uncle Days is basically basically to be provide affordable, safe, clean living, and those three things are so important in order to have some type of structured, good housing, co living situation for these guys, and they appreciate living in the community and being a part of the community. And even as you ask about the growth, I see it more expanding with the coaching and teaching other people what we have done so successfully. And, you know, it's not a ton of money, but it's enough to live a nice lifestyle. And at the same time, we're helping people. And it's just the best feeling, you know, that every night when we go to sleep, hundred over 160 men have a place to live because of us. And it's scary. I mean, when we, we just did a little speech in front of about 40 nonprofit organizations with Los Angeles. And next day we got yeah, flooded. flooded <laughs> and we could barely handle all the people they wanted to send to us. And, you know, in the homeless, if you've been on Skid Row, Tent City, it just keeps growing and expanding. It's in every city now. And a lot of these people, want to live somewhere and just don't know how to get the funding or where to get it. And, you know, just to get a few steps away from Skid Row, like us, we're in South Los Angeles, you know, because location's a really important thing too, where the people want to live. And that's just something everybody who owns a house can learn where the location of your house is, is so essential. Here again, it's just location, location, location. You need to uh, be by bus stops. You need to be by a shopping center. Um, uh, the metro. Um, most people really don't important. have cars. Yeah, most people don't have cars, so they're walking it. So you can't be miles away from a shopping center. So when you're looking at a house, you know, to 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 start, uh, location is very important. And also, too, I get a lot of calls. I want to start, you know, a transitional a co-living and uh, they have a two or three bedroom house. Well, that's not going to work because you have six people. There's two people per room. You have six people. That's not going to make your rent. That's not going to make your utilities. You have a couple vacants and you're losing money. So I really tell people, you know, the minimum they need is a 10 bedroom duplex. From there, you can work. You know, you have six bathrooms, 10 bedrooms. Um, and then you can start, but you know, a lot of people think, oh, I have a two or three bedroom house. Well, it's not going to work. And every week we get calls on people who would like to start a house because they want to help people, whether they're disabled. I mean, there's so many different communities 
and types of houses that are co-living can that people can benefit from co-living and so I wanted to start my own I guess website or blog to write about our experiences and to share with everybody that calls us and asks for help and then you know I was just talking with a guy from the Sober Living Network of Los Angeles the other day and he said in the past year 15 sober living houses went out of business because of COVID and I think why couldn't I be there and help them? You know, why they have to close their doors because there's such a need. And so it's obviously all men. Um, And what, like how, two questions, what are their ages roughly in the age range? And also like, how do they find you guys? Okay, so the ages, um, you know, minimum age for us is 18. And as far as getting elderly, 70, 75, as long as they're capable of independent living, they can go up a flight of stairs or they can move around. And they found us through marketing. You know, I we spent, when we first opened, we used to walk downtown. And it's funny now, it's like I can walk downtown in 5th and San Pedro and everybody will wave their hands. Hey, Uncle Dave, how are you doing? It just footwork. You have to. It, it was a lot of fun too, because my law office was on 5th and Flower, which is in the banking district in downtown LA. David would come down to see me for lunch and we'd walk all the way down fifth, you know, through Skid Row, through Tent City to go have lunch at the seafood restaurant there. And every time we walked down there, everybody was screaming, hi, Uncle Dave. Hi, Uncle Dave. We've worked with a lot of well-known agencies such as like Homeboys. And just it was great that people knew him and that people had even lived with us would see us. And we're like, what are you doing back out here? They're like, Oh, you know. You know, there's an old saying, the business doesn't come to us, we have to go to the business. So marketing is the key, it's very important. You have to go out, there's so many agencies looking for housing right now and you just have to get in, get into the mix and then, you know, one person knows another and then everybody's looking for housing. And what are some statistics as far as, do you guys kind of track, like when they leave your transitional housing you know, how many are six go on to have successful jobs and like live versus like going back on the streets. Do you guys know some of those numbers? Sure. I would say we do. And a lot, I would say about a quarter of our people are on SSI. So they aren't going to work. They're not capable of working. They're social security supplemental and they're disabled somehow. So either they stay with us and those are the guys that really stay with us for a long time, over a year, I would say. And then there's the younger crowd that's either going to school or that about 20, I, about a quarter, you know, and they go to school and they move out and they have success stories. So I would say about 25%. And then there's the other 50% that's been in trouble, that's had drug abuse or, you know, been in trouble with the law and that's a little bit harder because you know they do relapse and the recidivism rate and everything um and that's probably half of our clientele and that we don't really have great statistics on because it's really hard to keep track well what's nice is we always focus on the ones that make it and the one rather than the ones that don't you know it's nice to receive a letter after a couple years hey Uncle Dave, thanks for the help. I came in with nothing and then I'm driving an 18 wheel truck right now or or I started a business and, and it's all because of you. And that's what makes it worth it for us or for me. Yeah, I just think of one guy, he came in with 
nothing. He had gone through a divorce. He just came back home to America from Brazil. And now he bought his own truck and it's is a trucker now. And he started a whole new life. And he always, you know, writes to us or we see him on Facebook. And it just warms our heart, you know, when somebody graduates from college and, you know, gets their degree. And it's like, thank you so much for helping me and being there when I really needed it. I mean, housing, housing first, it's a basic need. And it's unfortunate that Los Angeles gets so much funding for housing, but it doesn't go to the people who need it. It goes to the, the developers. There's always gonna be an issue of homelessness. And now we call them our unhoused friends. And because the money doesn't go to the right people, it's really hard to even get funding from the government. And the way we basically do it, we work through the big agencies that get the funding from the government. Um, it's a difficult thing to even apply for grants and everything. Well, it's really nice when someone comes in and they're homeless and they have nothing and all of a sudden you need an address, you need um, you, you need a cell phone, you need to get clothes so you can go out looking for a job and all of a sudden in a couple of weeks they're working um, and that's what makes it worthwhile for us. Again. Mm-hmm. And what percentage, uh, the breakdown as far as you know, people that are coming in from prison, can, people are coming in from being on the streets. Do you guys know those metrics? <laughs> I don't no. think we do. We don't <laughs> keep track. But I will say probably 30 to 40% have been in trouble with the law, have been on probation or parole. I mean, we have one house where people are not really capable of independent living per se they have a lot of mental issues but our house managers and our supervisors they've learned how to deal with the guys and they can identify I mean that's the nice thing with Uncle Dave you know somebody wants to tell him how it is and he's like I've been there I've been to prison whatever you You tell me I've already done 10 times so stop it right now Nice. There you go. They always have a story why they can't pay their rent or da da da. And it's like we've heard all the stories. We've seen all the stories. And it's, you know, and if they can't, we try and find them funding. And luckily, you know, we've helped a lot of people get funding that way. I've worked hard with the Department of Social Services and the Department of Mental Health and found funding that way. Um instead of through the Los Angeles Housing Services Authority that was very hard to, almost impossible to get money from unless you're a big developer or tied in with the city council or political people. Yeah, no, and I love, yeah, go ahead. Here again, um, you're not gonna make a fortune from this, but you will make a living. But here again, it's about helping others. The more I think about you and the less I think about me, my life always gets better. And that's our motto. Um, and we would love to train other people to start doing what we're doing because there's such a need, you know, and, and there's so many houses that we have that are big enough to do this. Um, we like to you know, get the right people and, and, and start them going. No, and I, you know, we do have people that listen and watch the show that are in, you know, sober living, group housing, because there's so much crossover with co-living because essentially it's co-living, it's community. 
right? So um, no, I'm sure that people, you know, got a lot out of this. And then I do want to end with this is that, you know, people listening to that actually have like, you know, big, large co-living, you know, they're, they're more in the co-living side of things as far as their clientele is, you know, 25 to 35 and maybe digital nomads, you know, obviously not, they're not having problems with money. And a lot of them actually usually the rents are higher for co-living. A lot higher than our 500 a month. You guys are 500 a month? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So a lot lot more than that, maybe triple that. And so, but it's not to say they couldn't do another house that is maybe that give back of like, okay, let's try to do transitional housing, sober living housing, you know, as kind of part of their, you know, give back to the community um, because they, you know, it's very similar systems in place, obviously. Um, Yeah. So girl, I would love to help anybody who wants to, try a low income community co-living house, especially in Los Angeles, we're here and just they can reach out and get us at either Uncle Dave's housing or at soshousing.org. And that's really what I wanna do. I wanna coach, teach people how to do what we do. So, and just be able to house as many of the unhoused people in Los Angeles and across the country. I love that. That's a great mission and cause. Awesome, Felicia and David. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it was our pleasure. Thank you so much. Good luck with all your uh, co-living and podcasting. I just love it and I love listening to you. So, Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Okay. Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. And keep in mind, we are on YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Also, we have a link in the show notes for our three books on co-living. You can also find one of them on Amazon.com if you'd like the print version. And lastly, a very quick shout out to our partners over at ISL Furnishings. They bring light to your vision and already work with some of the larger companies like Star City and Quarters.